What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames. Before we get started with uh, with all the fun stuff today, I'd like to um, begin a movement. Uh, so to speak, in honor of all the people that are currently working uh, during this crisis time that's going on in the world. This goes out to basically every single person um, that is working in the medical field, every member of the armed forces, uh, all the way to the people that are working in pharmacies, delivery people, truck drivers, uh, mechanics, everybody that is required to still remain open for essential services. Uh, all these people deserve all our respect because they are risking their health and even including their, their family's health just to go ahead and continue providing us with services. So with that being said, I'd like to begin something called an applaud workers movement, hashtag AW movement. This basically, this movement basically uh, will begin on uh, Wednesday and continue on for as long as we want to, really. I mean, it doesn't really have to even end after the crisis is over because all these people, they deserve this type of attention every single day for everything that they do for us every single day. Uh, the movement basically is if you can go ahead and, uh, you know, uh, take, a, take a small clip of you going either outside or at home or wherever, backyard, wherever, and begin applauding, begin uh, clapping your hands in, in, you know, applause for all these people that are doing all this for us. Just go ahead and film yourself doing it, post it on your Instagram, post it on your Twitter, post it on all your social media platforms so that it can be heard everywhere, so that the applause can be heard all over the world thanking all these people for everything that they're doing right now. Uh, many of you uh, can't really, you know, provide uh, monetary help, you know, because we're all we're all going through tough times. Uh, but at least this is your way of thanking them for everything they're doing for us. It requires no money. It just requires, you know, us giving them the attention that they rightfully deserve and they rightfully earn. So, again, with that being said, starting Wednesday until whenever, just go ahead and, you know, post some, post it on your social media, tag your friends, have them continue the trend, and let's get AW Movement trending all over the world for all of these people that are doing so much for us. I'm sure that they would appreciate the attention because God knows that, uh, I mean, 
they don't get enough of it. They are going through it. They are in the midst of it. And especially the especially the first responders, they're definitely right in the middle of all this tragedy, all this crisis. In Italy, we've seen reports of nurses just collapsing from depression of seeing so many people die i mean it's it's really really getting hectic out there so this is our way this is our 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 method of honoring all of these people that are working through this crisis in order to help the rest of us so make sure you go ahead and do that and let's get this a hashtag aw movement trending for them we got a lot of really cool stuff for you on this episode of the xander effect like for example in entertainment news we got the taylor swift kanye west saga continues and there's a lot of uh, social media buzz on it so i'll talk a little bit about that in entertainment news in sports looks like the olympics are going to be postponed after all we'll talk a little bit about that and in video game news pokemon go will be bringing back a certain character and i'll tell you which character that is i also have the opportunity of interviewing up-and-coming actor chris moss chris has been in so many tv shows and movies including uh tv shows such as uh, csi uh hawaii 50 and many many other tv shows he's also starred in a couple of up-and-coming movies so talk to him a little bit about his journey getting to where he is right now and how the industry is well let's just say that the industry is a very very hard industry i'll go ahead and allow you know let him talk a little bit about that later on but first coming up next i have jay sons up and at it right here on the xander effect you know what time it is we up and at it we up and at it Chase the pepper once we get it, gotta stack it. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the bag, run it up, I gotta have it. We up and at it, cause I gotta get to the cold. Popping tags, get wop, yeah, that's all I know. Bank rolls, say cheese, this ain't a centerfold. Making cake, stack it up, yeah, I'm out the dough. I'm out the dough, rainy days without a raincoat. No excuses, no handouts, I ain't the scapegoat. Sunny days on the way, yeah, I'm thankful. But for now, deposit this into the bank, bro. These out here all the time. I gotta check on my mind Cause out here wasting time Get it right or get left behind On my way now Going straight down People play games I don't care Getting to it I'ma do it Ain't no show and tell But I'm gonna prove it We up and at it We up and at it Chase the pepper Once we get it Gotta stack it We up and at it We up and at it Chase the bag Run it up I gotta have it We up and at it We up and at it Chase the pepper, once we get it, gotta stack it. Chase the bag, run it up, I gotta have it. Time on the grind, yeah, it's on my mind. Chase the bag, get a check, sign a dotted line. Backbone, got your back, yeah, I'm on your spine. Scully else is lining up, I walk a straight line. Presidential cost thousands, let me see the time. Not devolved, but I really live my best life. Afterlife, run it back in my next life. Too much foul, play, you know you get the tech right. Run it up, gotta get what's mine. Connect the hustle, you can see it in my eyes. Up next, it's my time. Gotta get mine. Chase the pepper, once we get it, gotta stack it. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the bag, run it up, I gotta have it. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the pepper. 
paper. Once we get it, gotta stack it. Just a bag, run it up, I got it. That was Jay Suns up and at it right here on the Xander Effect. In entertainment news, it looks like um, the the Taylor Swift, Kanye West, uh, Kim Kardashian saga continues. As uh, as I reported on my last episode, it seems that some uh, footage uh, was leaked in regards to whether or not Taylor Swift uh, was in the right to be upset over certain lyrics that Kanye West did in one of his songs. And uh, she was meant to look like the bad person. She was meant to look like the one that was in the wrong. So many people got against her. Uh, she even took a break from social media because it was too overwhelming from her for her because of all the flack she got from from this whole ordeal turns out that she was right all along and thanks to her being right social media has gone ballistic on this situation and they've been posting memes on all different types of social media platforms there uh so far there has been no comment from kanye west nor from kim kardashian west nor from taylor swift nobody none of them have commented on the leaked footage but they have been active on social media in liking certain posts that have been up there for example on twitter kim uh there was a there was a post that was from at kim west legion uh that posted a picture of kim kardashian and it was captioned the video showed nothing new we all knew that i'm so confused right now uh kim kardashian liked that one but uh, that was pretty much the only one so far that's been up there uh there's uh the there's a bunch of uh there's a bunch of posts on tumblr actually that uh show uh different types of uh different types of memes of taylor swift and uh gifs of of characters kind of like you know brushing it off uh there's one uh tumblr uh, Tumblr per Tumblr uh, member that posted uh, at um, this person's uh, Swift Force eighty nine who posted a picture of Taylor Swift pointing at herself that says who was telling the truth the entire time. So there's that one. There's another one that uh, shows a little baby sleeping, and this one's from Flower Swift, and it reads how I sleep at night knowing we were right all this time, and now we have the receipts to prove it. And the the post just continued on with things like that taylor seems to have uh liked all these posts so this I'm, I'm actually curious to see as to what exactly both sides are gonna have to say about this whole situation i'm sure that they both have an opinion of of what's going on no doubt uh you know the kardashian west family will go ahead and and pretty much say well you know this was out there the entire time they'll try they'll probably deny it uh meanwhile you know on swift side she really doesn't have to say much at this point the proof is in the pudding as to what exactly happened so that's uh, that's pretty much going to be that's pretty much where everything's going to end up. Who knows how that's going to affect the fan base of uh, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West? Who knows what will happen there? In other entertainment news, Harvey Weinstein has tested positive for the coronavirus while he is actually in prison right now. He's at the Wen Correctional Facility in New York, and it looks like two inmates uh, have been infected. Harvey Weinstein is actually one of those two inmates he was placed in isolation shortly after he was he was uh he was tested and he tested positive for it here's the thing though and i've been saying this on my own social media that 
the women, I mean, as, as many people may assume that women are happy that this happened, I don't, I also don't think that many of his victims are going to be happy with this because they're all, they all wanted to see Harvey Weinstein rot in prison for the things that he did. And it, I mean, if his health condition is any indication of how he was while he was going through trial, then chances are he's a high, he's considered a high risk of not surviving this virus. Apparently, he has a lot of health issues that many people don't know about. Um, during his trial, he was uh, walking around on a walker. So who knows how bad his his health is in reality, and who knows if he might even survive this. But one thing's for sure, if the worst were to happen to Harvey Weinstein, a lot of people, well, mainly a lot of his victims, are probably not going to be a, a too happy with that because they want... They, in, you know, honestly, I believe that maybe they believe that death is too easy for this man, that he needs to actually pay for his crimes. And of course, I don't think that any of these women would wish death upon anybody at this point, especially from this virus, even if it is Harvey Weinstein and the crimes that he committed. So I doubt that. But definitely, you know, he's he got convicted already. He got sentenced to 30, 23 years. He's trying to appeal it. But who knows exactly if he'll even survive to that point? Because, again, this this virus has taken a lot of people with underlying health conditions and a lot of elderly people. And Harvey Weinstein, by the looks of it, falls under the category of somebody that has underlying health conditions. So who knows what's going to happen? Honestly, I wish the best for anybody who has this virus regardless of whether they've done good or you know good or bad things in their lives this is a virus that is affecting all of us and we all need to you know forgive and hope for the best for these people for everybody that's been affected and their families who this virus has affected in other entertainment news i had the opportunity to interview up and coming actor chris moss and we spoke a little bit about how he got into the industry and how he has actually had situations where he's met for lack of a better word the future Weinsteins of the world but before we get into that here is Kimberly Dawn's Nashville right here on the Xander Effect
your Cadillac I think about a sunset Dripping down the summer sky Sipping on a moonshine I'll never forget When I think about landslides So on the Xander Effect, I have actor Chris Moss on the show. Chris, how are you doing today? Great, Xander. How are you doing? Another beautiful day in this quarantine paradise that we're all going through right now. I'm glad that you and I have taken the precautions of uh, doing this over the phone and, and so we don't have to see each other or touch each other or be within any type of feet of each other. That's just good news. Uh, yeah, that that's why I chose to do it this way. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> just kidding with you, man. No, no, definitely, man. it's it's definitely a good idea to go ahead and practice social distancing. Many people are not, uh, which that does that's totally mind blowing for me right now. But uh, glad to see that you're keeping yourself healthy. We're all keeping ourselves as healthy as we can. But uh, we're not talking about the current crisis, trying to go ahead and switch gears from that. We're talking about how much of a talent you are, man. I've seen, uh, I've, I've seen you in action. I've seen you on uh, episodes of, of Hawaii Five-0, you know, Magnum PI. You've been in a lot of shows. But before we get into, you know, what you've been doing, I got to ask, how did you get started into, uh, into acting? I mean, you know, did you already, did you automatically know that you had an automatic talent or how did this all, you know, come about? Wow. Well, let me tell you. Um, so I think it was about second grade, I think. Second grade, mm -hmm. first grade, first grade, second grade. Yeah. There was a, we had a school play that was kind of being put on. It was more of a presentation of a bunch of songs. Everything was group oriented. And I was, um, I was this little do good nerdy, you know, get all this, this assignments correct kind of guy, which I thought would lead to instant popularity. Nice. Uh, it was the opposite. It was the opposite. <laughs> I, I was, I was picked on and bullied and, um, and I couldn't understand why people didn't, uh, accept me into their little circle. Um, so they had this, this scene in, in, the, in the presentation where kids in the bathtub singing a song solo and doing a, you know, a, a shtick. And uh, these kids are all auditioning for it, and uh, they're not doing very well. And the teacher's like, hey, Chris, why don't, you, why don't you try this? So I went in there, and I, just, I did just what I naturally felt you know, is it, just what you should do. Mm -hmm. And everybody went crazy and they're screaming and clapping. And I remember hopping out and being like, like, what are you guys all going crazy for? Like, I didn't do anything special. And, um, so they're like, Oh, you, Oh my God, you're going to be this, this one who does this, this scene in the bathtub. And I was like, okay. Uh, when it comes time to do the actual performance, uh, the auditorium's filled with parents and, and I can, I go up there and, and, uh, the, the teacher's like, you know, take off your shoes, take off your shoes. And I'm like, Oh yeah, right. In my mind, I'm like, I know comedic effect if I reveal that I actually am wearing shoes when I'm like in the bathtub and I scrub my shoes with a bar of soap, this will be funny. And sure enough, I got a huge laugh. Nice. But the whole, 
the whole uh, performance, this is long-winded because it's a significant moment in my life. Um, the whole moment, uh, the whole song and presentation, the crowd went apeshit. Mm-hmm. And, and the parents are taking pictures and all these people were coming up to me like, like, oh my God, he, this was like so amazing. My parents will talk about it today. For me, it was just normal to like per- be up on stage, to perform, to express. And I couldn't understand why it was getting so much attention. And I was like, well, if everybody likes this, well, this is what I'll concentrate on. Maybe there's something that you, you thought. So from second grade, I know that's a long story and it's not, a, you know, it's, it's probably not what you're used to hearing. But no, no, it's fine. It's, Believe it's, me, it's, it's fine. But that's when I caught the bug. And, and that's when it really hit me that, uh, you know, to see the people's faces, to see their joy, to see their laughter. I was like, if I can make all these people react in this way and they all seem so happy, I wanted to be a doctor. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was like, I was like, you know what? Uh, if I'm really making these people feel this happy um, from something that's so easy for me to do, then, then I definitely should expand on this and see how many people I can make happy and how often. And nice. then, uh, yeah, that's, 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 how, that's, how I, that's how I caught the bug and that's how I got started in that. Do you ever have, do you ever have like a regret about not going to medical school and not becoming a doctor or was your purpose always to make people, people feel better, whether it be uh, through physical ailments or through, through your, through your current craft? I never have any regrets uh, about anything that I've ever done. Um, I would have liked to have gone maybe to experience the, the whole college thing. I didn't go to college. Mm -hmm. Um, just for, for the social dynamic of it to, sh- to share that with like other people who all went through that experience as well. But I felt like that way for many years and now, um, and now, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm almost indifferent to it. So uh, I feel lucky to have lived the life that I've lived so far. I feel like I've lived five or six different lives uh, and it keeps going and keeps going really strong. And I'm, and I'm unfolding new chapters that are, that are so exciting. I feel very blessed. And I feel very lucky to have been uh, alert to new opportunities throughout my life and, and not to have followed a particular um, preset plan. And were your parents okay with, uh, with you taking this, uh, this detour? Dude, my parents could not have been more loving and more supportive. And, That's good. And, you know, they, they were raised or they raised me, I should say in, um, in, in, you know, somewhat, I guess it would be called poverty, uh, by, by, by the standards. Um, you know, I had reduced or free lunch. I was embarrassed to be dropped off at my, at my home, um, by my friends because, uh, of how, uh, you know, humble <laughs> my, uh, my, my, uh, my house was in the cars and, and everything like that. So my parents, I, I kind of started taking over my decision-making maybe around puberty, maybe a little bit before 12, 13 years old. I was like, I'm going to be in charge of my life. Um, and my parents were so respectful uh, of the choices that I made good or bad and, and so supportive and so loving, you know, my father was just a guide for me. He never put his demons on me. He never, you know, uh, I, I played a ton of sports and I was very competitive and, um, and none of that, that, that was all from me. None of that was from like an overbearing father. Um, you know, of course my mom 
my mom is German, so she she did have an element of do things right. Uh, this was more in in the Christian sense, do things right by God. Mm-hmm. Um, she she did always she was always on me for good grades and and performing well, but um, she, she never she never invaded my dreams and uh, never invaded my path. Never questioned me. Neither of them, even in the lowest of times. Uh, homeless, no money, <laughs> never a word about like, well, are you sure you want to do this? Always, we believe in you. Keep going. Um, just keep going and, and always, always do good. But, but my parents have always been more the types to, to, <laughs> they would rather see me help, uh, let's say a group of, of people who are down and out than to like hold a golden statue. Uh, at an award wow. show. Wow. Wow. So, so, so their mentality has always been, you know, if I, if I said, hey, I made a million bucks, they'd say, yeah, what'd you do with it? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so ha- having, having that, that kind of um, inspiration and that kind of parental in, uh, influence for me has been so much stronger than having the, uh, the parents who, who, let's say, you know, did have a couple of houses and did have a lot of money and were like, you're following in these footsteps and you need to create an empire and you need to, you know, I, I feel lucky to have had the parents that were more about how you feel and about what's inside than, uh, than what surrounds you and what you gain. Yeah. And that's, and you know what, that's always important to have that type of, that type of influence, that type of support system, uh, because it's, it's difficult for a lot of people. Some people like, uh, you know, they make the move out here and they have, they don't have that kind of a support system at all. Um, so I, you know, that, that must, it must've been an easy transition for you to move because you're originally from Washington. So, you know, it must've been an easy transition from you to move from that state to California, I would imagine. How, how was that like anyway? How was that like leaving very, home? Very close. Not Washington, Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Okay. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. They're, very, they're both very green. Um, <laughs> that, that, that transition was nuts, man. I, um, I, was, uh, I was a bit of a mischief maker uh, as well, coming from not having any money. Um, when you when you when you're the have-nots, you know, and, and a lot of people, it's it's funny, you know, a lot of people will talk from their from their hill, and their and their glass houses about you know how society should be or like what how things should be dealt with. Whether you're talking about immigration, whether you're talking about poverty-stricken neighborhoods, whether you're talking about minority neighborhoods, um, culturally different neighborhoods, religious, whatever. Uh, when people talk about you know, how things should be run in this country, they rarely live through it, mm-hmm. which for me is like, um, I, I feel very passionate about, about politics. I'm not going to get into it too much right now, but um, I've lived in, in like the poorest of neighborhoods. I've lived in gang riddled communities. I've lived in minority neighborhoods. I've lived in like pure Mexican, <laughs> like I, it's, it's Mexico. You know what I mean? Like I, I've lived, I've lived in with these people and these cultures and I've seen what works and what doesn't work firsthand. And, and for me being, having been so poor and having no means or no resources at my hand. And I know a lot of people, uh, you know, because 
uh, of being uh, Caucasian, there's a stigma of like, oh, well, there's a privilege there. And, and there probably is a cultural privilege to, to being part of a majority um, culture. Or, or, you know, if a bunch of people look the same uh, and they're a majority in any area, there's going to be some advantage to that in being welcomed into to something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't deny having, having some privilege in that sense, but resources, I had fucking zero privilege, you know? Yeah. Um, so I always had like a chip growing up of like, you can't tell me that I can't do something because I don't have fucking money, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause that would always be the case. Like you can't, and that's why I didn't go to college. You know, uh, I had some like half-ass scholarship stuff, but I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to take advantage of things. And, and I, and I, my parents, God bless them. were working so damn hard just to put food on the table. Um, and, and my dad was in the military for 25 years. My mom was from another country. You know, she came in as an immigrant. So I didn't have, I didn't have the base or the roots or, or the traditional, like, you know, go to Yale, go to here, go to there, you know, have this money ready to go, have these resources to put you into a career. I didn't have none of this shit. So I was, I was a rebel and I was like, man, I'm going to do all this shit on my own. And, and you can't tell me what I can and can't do. And, and I would get into a little bit of trouble that way. And, and sometimes hung out with the tougher crowd, you know, they would get into fights on the weekend and, you know, we were all, they were mostly from broken homes, uh, didn't have money. I wasn't from a broken home. I just didn't have uh, the resources. So when I was leaving Colorado, I was, uh, I had like a probation officer. <laughs> it was like, wow. Man, I, the, the, the court had like taken all my money. I had been to jail. Um, I know it's surprising, right? You didn't expect to hear all that. Uh, hey, you know what? That's well. That's the, that's the whole point of me asking questions because I got I gotta get to know exactly how you got from there to here type of thing. So this is actually really good. Yeah, it's. It, I came from. Uh, you know, it was like the. I try to escape almost. Like I need to get out, and every time I would try to get out of Colorado, something would hit me, and I would be wiped out. Um. So finally, I just said, you know what? I'm taking this three hundred dollars. Um. I'm going to hop in a, in a car, a clunker car. My, my father scrapped together enough money. My dad worked on cars and he put together a car for me. You know, I mean, it brings tears to my fucking eyes to think about, you know, how much that man sacrificed uh, and my mom sacrificed for their kids. And, and, you know, I mean, just to, just to get me a car to get me out to LA. Um, amazing. You know, like, Hey, we know you got nothing. Here's a car to get you to go, go be homeless <laughs> with no money, 300 bucks in my pocket. And you don't know a single soul in Los Angeles. Go, 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 go do your dream. So, wow. So, so I jumped in, I, um, I got scammed by a dentist right before I left, oh. uh, messed, messed up my mouth, you know, used the whole fear thing. Oh, thank God you came here. Oh, all these teeth are about to fall out of your head uh, in two months. Thank God you walked in. Um, so I, I went out there, with a mouthful of pain, I couldn't even drive sometimes because my mouth hurt so much. No insurance. Um, the teeth that this dentist had worked on needed to be removed, <laughs> the root canals and shit. Oh. Uh, I had to. As soon as I hit LA, man, I got grabbed a telemarketing job. I tried sleeping on the beach, but you know, people wanted to approach me for sex, so I had to like, I couldn't do that. So I, I slept. I bought a kitty, a kitty blow up. 
uh, inflatable tube that you use for the swimming pool, mm-hmm. you know, like that you lay on. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would blow that up and I would sleep on that in the back seat of my car and put towels all around the windows. And I try to find nice neighborhoods like in Beverly Hills. And, yeah, places uh, where that you know that they won't bother you or anything. Like people yeah. will try to rob you or bother yeah. you or anything. Yeah, but the cops would always come and kick me oh, out. Of course, yeah. And, and, uh, and yeah, man, that's, that's, that was uh, – and I don't complain about any of this. This is not like a complaint. Well, because this, um, is, this, is, actually, this, is, this is what, this is, you know, what makes you even more thankful for, you know, the things that you have and that you will have. Yeah, very, very true. Very true. Um, it builds so character, like in other words. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, um, but that's, but that's, that's, in, that's incredible, man, that, that like, I mean, you went through all this and what, how, how did you finally get out of this? Well, I, I finally worked my way up into, well, I mean, I was like sharing a, uh, less than a bachelor, um, with a roommate, uh, this chick actress, I believe as well. Right. She lived kind of out of the closet or bed came out of the closet. I had a miniature bed that I had bought, that I had uh, bought, yeah, right, um, that I had uh, found on the street and had wow. Lysol and surrounded in trash bags and, and uh, baby powder, or I mean, uh, baking soda and stuff. And like, and I was in this corner uh, of this bachelor. It didn't even have a kitchen, it had like a hot plate. And, and I had a rack of clothes that, were, that hung over the bed and a desk that was smushed up against the bed. So square feet wise, I maybe had, I don't know, a five foot by five foot area to live within this tiny bachelor apartment splitting rent. Um, and then from there, I, I slowly but surely started to uh, push through, got a couple gigs here and there. Um, finally, I started doing extra work immediately just so I could be on television or be uh, in a, in movies, uh, I was a, an obnoxious little extra. I'd always try to do stuff to make sure you'd see me in the background doing something foolish. <laughs> um, you? I've, I've got that. you. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I can't yeah. imagine. I can't imagine you doing something like that. Are you kidding me? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'd walk around like a gorilla in the background, or like <laughs> do the escalator trick, or the or the rowboat. Nice. Okay. Um, so I, I finally, I finally, uh, I, I got one sad gig, uh, where, where I had this like kind of stunt work almost, mm-hmm. uh, as an extra. And I was so happy that, that they just, I was like, why would someone just give this to me? Uh, it was like casting central or is it called central casting? Sorry. Central casting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was, I was so bewildered by their kindness. You know, like, why would I still be selected? I've been looking for these sack vouchers forever. Thank you for just giving me one. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a cartoon book about coming to L.A. and trying to make it and the struggles. And it was really, it was really funny. It was, it was, it was R-rated. It was adult. Um, it didn't pull any punches. And I'm a pretty good cartoonist, actually. Mm. Uh, secret skill. And it was, it was fucking funny. It was funny. And, and, I, and I, uh, I bound it at, like, Kinko's made it like really professional and I gave it as a gift and then they passed it around that office and they were like, the phone call started coming in and they're like, dude, this is hilarious. Like this, the office is going ape shit over how 
you know, this cartoon book. You're going to have your SAG vouchers in no time. And then all of a sudden it was like 20 gigs in a row. Wow. Uh, to get my SAG vouchers. So I, so I could join SAG and be an official professional actor. Um, blessed and grateful in that sense because it was very difficult to give vouchers. Oh, it still very is. It, and, it always and, is. And ADs, ADs would hate me. You know what I mean? They're mostly dudes. And to be quite frank, they're mostly dudes who were interested in, in the more attractive females that would show up on set. Of course. So like, so another dude coming up and being like, hey, man, is there any way? They're like, get the fuck back over by the pretzels and water. That's what you're eating. Ah, uh, you got to love all the day. You got to love the future. Harvey, you got you to love the future Harvey Weinsteins of the world. Oh, man, they're so prevalent, bro. They're so prevalent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, even to this day, they, no, to this day, they're so prevalent. There, there's nothing's changed. You know, it's just a different, a different mask that they well, wear. Well, they gotta um, they gotta be careful because uh, you know I mean nowadays with the Me Too movement and 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 we just found out that uh, Harvey Weinstein tested positive for COVID nineteen. So I didn't yeah. know that. That's yep. interesting. Um, they just I mean, you, uh, you, they just said it. You, you know what adds to the uh, to the Me Too stuff and to the existence of these people though. You know if you if you want to chat about it, get a little serious. I know you know it's funny you you uh, you probably you know, with this podcast expected the uh, comedian version of me to show up. Not necessarily. Um, I, this is, this is the reason why, because I mean, there's always more to each person. It doesn't necessarily mean that they are who they normally are or who they portray to be. You know, you're Chris, at the end of the day, you are an actor and, but underneath the actor is the person. And that's always the, the one that I want to get to regardless of, of what the show premise yeah. is or whatever it is. You are a person like me, like anybody. So, I mean, that's the reason, that's the whole point of me wanting to talk yeah. with you and, and get your story out. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The, uh, for your, for your fans that, that don't know me or are not familiar with me, uh, most people, when they see me, I'm, I'm doing very ridiculous things and, and pranking or being always absurd, never being serious. So, well, that's, uh, the, reason why, that, that's, me, that's the reason why, you know, before this, this interview ends, we're going to give them your Instagram so they could take a look at all the wackiness that you do on, on Instagram stories to begin with. But go ahead. No, no. Just whenever I get interviewed, I, I, you know, it's like I'm very serious. Even about comedy. When people ask me about comedy, I'm very serious about Mm-hmm. about the art of, of comedy. Um, but I was going to tell you, man, you know, the, 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 the thing that I've noticed, cause I have, I have personal friends, um, female friends oh, that, that tell me very private stories, uh, of their experiences. And, um, and the more that you have these, let's call them predators, right? They get lambasted and and, uh, and and slink away in the shadows. Man, I'm telling you, the more that you have females, okay, who, who who find it to their advantage to seduce and to put themselves out there for those predators, man. Yeah. And and they'll go find those predators however they can. And it's even more to their advantage because it's like, oh, it's even more taboo. It's more risky. Uh we're playing a more dangerous game mm-hmm. people never, I mean, there's some talk about it, but it's more like resentful, you know, like, Oh, these girls knew what they were doing. Oh, you know, it's kind of mean. Most, most of the females 
our, our victims and our and even victims for themselves psychologically because they're forced into these arenas where they're playing these games. Mm-hmm. But there are a few females, man. I'm telling you, there are a few females that that are, are equivalent. You know, you look at the fulcrum, you look at the balance, right? Mm-hmm. And you got these predators on this end that are like, you know, borderline evil. Mm-hmm. You, I'm telling you, you got some females, man, that are working as well, uh, that, that are that are a little scandalous, a little evil, that keep those predators alive. Um, and, and nobody looks at that and talks about that. And I don't wish to expose it, but they're out there, man, and I know them personally. <laughs> And uh, and, I, and I've known them over my life personally. And I don't judge them, and they're and they're friends of mine, and I like them as people. But I know that they'll do what they can to to find their advantages, and it's oftentimes through seduction and through exchanges, and uh, you know, shit, man. Well, I mean, it's it's it's, it's it's like that. It's like that everywhere. It's not just in the entertainment industry. You know, I mean, I've known I've known females like that as well. Um, and that's, that's what they use to get ahead sometimes. But unfortunately, because of them, it's kind of like guys, you know, we get like males get a bad rap because of, of, of jerks, like, like the Weinsteins of the world, you know, and then females, they get a bad rap because of their predecessors as well. You know, certain female predecessors as well that also act in the fashion that you just described. So it happens on both sides of the spectrum, unfortunately, and it's a vicious circle that doesn't seem to want to end. Yeah, yeah, very much so, very, very much so. I mean, and, it's, and it's because people drive themselves towards the position that they feel is most advantageous to them. And, and there's a lot of, uh, of male, um, well, there's just fucking pieces of shit, man. Like, yeah. Pieces of shit that, that all that they live for is to get into a position to try to quote unquote command pussy. And mm-hmm. this is like, this is like their language more than my language. Um, they'll do whatever they can to put themselves in that position of power where they have the most influence over. And, and I'm telling you like actresses, performers, singers, you know, sometimes even dancers type of thing, expressions of human art and beauty um, they'll put themselves in power positions in those industries because that's the easiest feeding ground for them because it's so competitive and it's so difficult to make it. And, um, and even if they just get the attention and the flirtation, man, they'll exchange. And, and, and I've seen these guys and I've, and I've met with them and I've talked with them and I've had to, uh, you know, reduce my moral compass, smile, laugh, you know, when inside I'm like, you know, the, the alarm bells are going off, spidey senses are tingling. And I'm like, and I'm like, man, I, I, am I a fucking coward here? You know, for not setting boundaries to, to not honor my parents who, who raised me with a certain more conversation. And, you know, I'm, I'm the first, I'm up on stage, you know, doing poop jokes, dick jokes, talking about sex. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm crass. Uh, I'm blue. I can be a dirty comedian. But at the end of the day, I have a deep respect for humanity. Mm-hmm. I only laugh at the absurdity that we've already uh, set before ourselves here. Um, but but I, I have my scruples, man. And one thing that for me that's so precious is, is art and, and is, you know, the human expressions of art. 
especially uh, the, the things that, that are that, that are produced by energy, like uh, you know, dancing and singing and acting, and even writing. Uh, it, for me, is like something that's produced with energy. Like if it's right there, even though it ends up on paper, it's there. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's happening. True. And, and for people to come in and control that industry, who, who aren't artists, they're fucking greedy business people, man. Mm-hmm. Ooh, oh yeah. It is. It is so difficult, man. They don't. They don't give a shit how talented someone is or not. True. It's, it's the formula. It's the recipe. It's whatever they can do to um, to take advantage and to keep themselves in power. To keep. The, I've known directors that purposely sabotage a project just so they can be on the project for, for longer. So they can say, Hey, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing this project. Like you've been doing this project for two years. Oh yeah. We have these problems with this. We got to do that. No, no, you've done those problems. And you can call yourself a director of this film for two years. I've seen you walk around and, and, uh, and flaunt it so that you can be treated a certain way. And, and it's ridiculous. And you know, you and know what? Reason, it's- yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm no, sorry. you go ahead. Well, I was just gonna you say. You go ahead. I was just. Well, I was just gonna say that the way you're describing the entertainment industry is very similar to the way the club industry is because I was a Hollywood club promoter for over ten years. So mm. what you're describing is damn near to the T exactly how promoters are. Almost exactly the mm. same way, the same exact manner of which they treat people, the same exact way of how they are. Everything is exactly the same description. I mean, and it, and it falls to reason because it's all the same industry. It's all the same entertainment industry, whether it be film entertainment or, or leisure entertainment. It's still the same thing. And it falls under the same type of power that you're describing. And, and yeah, to be honest, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, like you, when you're talking about moral compass, I had to go also be the same way. I had to be exactly the same. I had to, I had to really, really, there was always a line I would never cross, you know, with the promoter. Well, it, well, and, and, and here's the other thing, too, about, I mean, good that you didn't cross any line, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing about the moral compass and the challenges. Um, you show up to an environment and the elements that are around you that try to define you and you go, okay, what kind of man am I? Who am I going to be here? Am I going to stand up for what's right, for what's just, for what I know is, is the right thing to do? Or am I going to look the other way? Mm -hmm. Smile and nod because uh, people that, you know, come from an outside perspective will be like, well, you got to be the man. You got to be the man. You got to stand up. You know, you, you got to stand for what's right. At the end of the day, that's what you get a hold in your heart. I tell you, man, the second that you look like the guy that's going to expose the evil, evil will try to destroy you and put you in the shadow and, and blacklist you and burn you to the ground. True. And if you have no power, you're gone. If you have no power or influence. Now, that's something that, that is dangerous. And that's why so many people will fall in line and, and, and will go along with things like sheep. And, oh, yeah. and that's why, like, oh, yeah. that, that's why you can see like, the, the Weinstein thing that lasted for so long. And mm-hmm. so many people like him last for so long. Everybody and, turned and, the and other people, way. 
Well, yeah. And people go, oh, how dare they? They're, they're cowards. But I'm telling you, man, like what, what people don't realize is it's like a war mentality. It's survival of the fittest. Yeah. You know, if you go against someone, even in conversation, right? Even if you're like, hey, I feel this way. The person who's bad is doing the naughty thing is going to, their ears are going to perk up like a fucking German shepherd. They're going to go, oh, that guy could expose me. Oh, Mr. Duguid over here. He could expose me for being a shithead. He's out. Mm-hmm. I don't want him on set. I don't want him around the production. He's gone. I and mean, then straight course, up, bro. And, and then, of course, it, they come with the, it also comes with the, uh, with the rumors of, oh, they're horrible to work with. Don't, don't, you don't want to work with that person. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's very similar. When I, when I left the promoting world, so many people texted me. So many of my guests that would come to my clubs all the time would say, I'm so happy you left because you're not an asshole like the rest of them. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, that, I got so many texts from that. They're like, I'm so happy you left that world because you didn't belong there. And they didn't say they, I didn't belong there in a bad way. They said it in a good way. They're like, you're not an asshole like the rest of them are. You know, you're actually yeah. a good guy. You're actually good. I was surprised you lasted for as long as you did. And it was so crazy because, yeah, it's, it's what you just mentioned about how they badmouth you, how they get you out of there, how they blacklist you. That's the same thing in the promoting world. I, I, there was a point that I was trying to expose a certain uh, promoter. And the moment that I started opening my mouth, he immediately started badmouthing me. He started, you know, untrue, completely false rumors about me and making me seem like a crazy person and, and all these things. And I'm just like, I'm just like, you know what, of course, dude, of I'm like, you, you, you threatened his, you threatened his livelihood. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, 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 and his livelihood is, 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 yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, what I was going to say. Yeah. And, and what ended up happening, he ended up, uh, he ended up going to prison and mm. all these, all these things, all these people that were listening to him. I'm like, you know, like when he was telling me, when he was saying all these things about me, I'm like, soon everybody will go ahead and know who this guy really is. And sure enough, everybody found out. And what's I, the irony of irony is that they're still friends with this guy. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Well then you know what? I'm okay with not being around that type of toxic atmosphere because you all are. It always comes out in the wash. Yeah, exactly. It always so, comes out in the well, you, you, you know, it's, you, you know, you say toxic and, and that's, here's the thing. And this is, um, you know, my, my father and my mother, both, um, I, I have a pretty strong spiritual, uh, anchor for, for themselves. And they've, they've given that, that to me as well. And, um, and one thing that, uh, whether you believe in God, devil, hell, heaven, all that stuff. At the end of the day, it's easy to say, to, to put at least a label onto something. So let's call it the devil, quote unquote, right? Mm-hmm. You can just call it a vibe. You can call it a frequency. You can call it like a, an energy. Dark but energy. Just for, for, for shits and giggles, let's call it the devil. Um, so my dad would always say, to, he'd, he'd be like, hey, the devil's, the devil's going to whisper in your ear. You know, he's, he's going to be slick. He's going to be charming. He's mm-hmm. going to, you know, he's, he's going to be charismatic. He doesn't show up with, with horns. He doesn't show up like a, like a demon. Ah, he shows up slick, cool, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. So he has to, you, because he doesn't want to scare you away. He wants you to go with him. You're going to deal with a lot of charismatic people and, and, and a lot of common 
folk, like the masses. And sometimes for me as an actor, I study people, you know, intensely. And I really peel back the layers. Even within 20 seconds of knowing somebody, I'm, I'm like really analyzing and, and breaking it down. And I'm shocked sometimes at, at how some really nasty people uh, trick others for, for a long time. And, I, and I'll see someone and I'll be like, oh, I know this guy. I, I know this guy with this chick's motivation. I see what the agenda is. I see what's behind it. Mm-hmm. I see the dark energy or whatever it is. And other people are, are, will be fooled like so emphatically. And I'm like, I'm like, are, don't you know where this person's coming from? And then like right. two years it's later, frustrating. it's like, <laughs> it, it's like two, two years later, they go, oh, my God, you know what I found out about so-and-so? And then this is what they were doing the whole time. And oh, oh my God, God, it was so toxic. And I'm like, yeah, I knew that in 30 seconds. It took you two years of pain and suffering to know that this person <laughs> is like, their basis is evil, like their core is evil. Like, oh my God, but, um, stupid, stupid people worry me. They really, really worry but, me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to say something um, because we've been kind of, I've been playing uh, and, and, and I've pulled you along with this. I don't know what your perspective is if I didn't. Um, this like bitter, oh, it's so difficult, oh, all these rotten people attitude. And I just need to say that, that we've been kind of going in on this because of, you know, you got the Weinstein thing lately. And I'm, and I'm targeting certain, certain high-end administrative people who have taken advantage of their position. Mm-hmm. With all that said, and with all, that sh- with all the shit that goes on, which goes on in everybody's life and goes on in any type of structured environment you know with with the human condition with all that said there has been no other place that i've ever found on this planet and i've been through a lot of different jobs and a lot of gigs and a lot of fields there's nothing like the the joy and the splendid environment uh, of like a film set for me oh yeah i agree there is the the crew the people now once you get past the administration type of stuff that can have a lot of evil core and there's some shitty directors and shitty producers out there mm-hmm. for the majority i have found that most people that work in film and television and in the, in this industry are such wonderful people with such childlike um with such a childlike inside source Spirit, soul, spirit. It, it, it's it is like, and, and every time I've shown up on a set, I just I'm at home. I'm like, oh, people are like, oh, you got that gig, don't you feel great? I go, well, I just feel normal. I agree. <laughs> you know, I, I I show up on set, I just feel normal. Um, it, it becomes a family. Every project that I've ever done, there's a mini family that's established. Every acting school that I've ever gone to, every every time I'm in a, in a group of artists uh, and people that w- want to express and, and are, are about the craft, about searching and discovery, it, I feel so blessed and so grateful. It, it's such a wonderful environment, and and um and when I when I've uh, you know complained here with you on this podcast of some of the great error that exists in this industry, it's only because the industry is so great. Greatness can't exist at this level without having great error as well. Correct. Um, so, so there's a balance, and, and and overall, I find there to be you know far more good 
than there is evil. It, it's just unfortunate that some of the evil exists in the more in the higher up positions. <laughs> well, that's because, the, uh, that's the reason why it's the job of up and coming actors such as yourself you know, to go ahead and change that, to change that type of, that type of environment eventually, because eventually something has got to give. And well, you, you, you know, how I do change it. Mm-hmm. You know, how I've already changed it here, man. Is, um, you know, I, I woke up, I said, I said, I said, what am, I would show up on sets, right? And this, this happened in the commercial world for me. I, I'm looking at a board of people that are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and I'm looking at this table and I see a marketing department and I see an ad department and, and I see assistants and I see a campaign manager and I see a creative staff and then I see the director and the producer and then I see the client and I see all these people, man, in this room and they're all talking about this commercial. This is the first commercial I ever booked. There was a national commercial and I was the spokesperson. And they're all arguing about, about just like these one or two lines and they can't figure out the rhythm of the words. And I'm, I'm doing wardrobe in the other room and I'm hearing them go back and forth. And they're talking about it for two hours. I walk in the room, I go, Hey guys. And they're like, Oh, hi. Oh, that outfit looks good. I go, Hey, I'm sorry to eavesdrop, but I overheard you guys arguing about these lines. How about this? And I spit out a few lines and they all go, Oh yeah, yeah, that actually works. Oh, okay. And their job was over. After that, I, I did the, I did the commercial. I ended up improving half the commercial, nice. which is all that made it into commercial. Then they hired me back and didn't have anybody on staff. They said, Hey, Chris, uh, whatever you did last time, let's just have you do that again. And I was like, what happened to all the people, all the departments? And they're like, Oh, we're not going to worry about it on this one. I was like, Oh, Basically, you saved all the money because you knew I would come here and provide you with <laughs> with, with your ideas. With material, right? yeah, you're providing them with material. Hey, hey, wow, okay. Do I get paid extra? Surely, <laughs> no, of course not. So this is like this is like ten years ago, and and I started to realize. I, I go, man, you know what? I, I got to stop selling myself short. Yeah, I I put makeup on and get in front of a camera and dance, but but this is all coming from my mind and my heart and my spirit and and i'm here to contribute something at a great level creatively i'm not just the guy who wants i don't want to be famous that comes along with what i what i want to achieve but that's not my goal is to just like be famous and be known i I want to contribute creatively so i said hey if that's what i really want to do am i just being a narcissist by wanting to be in front of the camera and, and smile and grin and tell jokes uh, or be serious and cry and scream and yell and carry a gun and put on a cowboy hat or whatever it is I'm doing that day. No, I actually just want to tell great stories. So I started blending myself into that world. And now I've, I've been able to sell a couple of scripts. I made a movie last year. I'm going to South Africa this year to make a couple of films. And this team in South Africa that, I'm, that I've joined up with Man, we are going into impoverished neighborhoods into, in Durban. And, um, and there is, you know, ever since apartheid, there's a significant difference in class out there uh, in South Africa and in these cities. And, and um, there's programs that are trying to help people. But, man, acclimation is difficult. 
and we're going to go into these neighborhoods and we're going to, we're going to hold, uh, we're going to hold these workshops and these classes um, to explore creativity, theater, filmmaking uh, for, for, for these uh, impoverished kids at the same time that we're going to be making a film. Um, this to me makes sense. You know what I mean? This, this mm -hmm. to me is something that I can like, that I can get behind. I feel right about it. You know, I'm on, I'm on my horse. I got my sword out. I'm going to fight the right battle, you know? Um, it's, it almost feels like a, like a Denzel Washington. Remember the Titans moment where he goes into the field and, you know, while everybody outside was screaming and yelling because of the integration of schools, he goes to the football field, turns on the lights. And he's like, mm -hmm, this, this, this is my sanctuary right here. So it's almost like one of those, one of those moments for you. Very much so. Very much so. Very much so. And, 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 and I, I wish I could have been focused on this kind of thing the whole time. Um, in a way, um, just trying to chase, ch chase the more, I don't know how to say it, the more, the, the, the more vanity oriented aspect of this entertainment industry versus like what it is that put me out, put me out here to begin with. Mm -hmm. And what it was that put me out here to begin with was, was seeing that look on people's faces, you know? seeing them laugh, seeing them enjoy themselves. And, and, and when I'm out here, this is something I always say to people, especially because there's so many groups out in Los Angeles, like improv groups and little theater troops and, and even stand-up comedians with all these fucking open mics and, and like everybody's a comedian. <laughs> it's like all these groups of people that are doing it for each other. But they're, not, they're doing it for, like in the sense of like, uh, oh, look how... Oh, look at how good you are and look how good I am and look how good we are. Um, for me, I'm doing it for Joe Plummer, for Susie Computer Specialist, you know, for, for John the Roofer. I, I, I've always wanted to provide a break to the common person who's working their ass off, who's, who's you know, burdened with, with the structured American dream and needs to laugh or needs to cry or needs to think or wants to hear a story. And that's always what it's been about for me. And, 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 and sometimes we forget what our core initiative is. And my core initiative has just been to, to provide great storytelling for people so that, uh, so they can feel entertained for just a moment. If I can get someone who's in a bad mood, who's feeling shitty to laugh for a few minutes, man, I did my job. You know, and that's a job. And I consider that a serious thing. Like that's my job. If I have someone come to my place to, to get in underneath my sink and rip out some, some pipes that are in the wall that are corroded, you know, I expect them to do that. I don't expect them to leave. And, and I got uh, water leaking in the wall and then the, you know, the wall has to be replaced. And I'm like, oh, hey, man, we, didn't do your fucking, we didn't do your fucking job over there. So, for me, I'm like, I need to do my fucking job. I'm not here to collect a paycheck. I'm not here to get my, get my face somewhere, put my name on a marquee. I'm here to provide something for people. I, I consider it a job. I'm going to entertain you. 
If I'm not entertaining you personally, I'm going to write something or I'm going to be part of a team that's putting something together to entertain you. And at the end of the day, I feel good about that. And, uh, and I feel like that's a, a real contribution. And, and, I, and, I, and I think that entertainment and art and craft is a, is a, is a very important component of, uh, of our human condition and our path and who we are in our lives. So, um, so I'm blessed to be a part of it. I feel grateful to be a part of it. And, um, and I just look forward to staying on the right path and, and uh, you know, trying to do things for the right reasons and to always be giving, always be giving. And that's, and that's actually, and it, you can, you can see that by a lot of, uh, a lot of things that you do. I mean, especially right now in the crisis that we're faced, you know, you're providing people on your Instagram with laughter, uh, you know, at a moment that, that it's very, very serious right now. Uh, so, I mean, I, and I'm very, it's very, very appreciated by many people, by me included. I, I laugh at the stuff that, that you got going on, but in order for people to actually know what I'm talking about, how about you give, you know, the, the listeners out there, the, the way that they could go ahead and stalk you. How, how can they find you on social media? Oh, it's so easy. So all you have to do is go to Instagram. <laughs> And you find me under the handle at actor Chris Moss, C-H-R-I-S-M-O-S-S. Right now, there's probably, I, I know I got some uh, guest and co-star appearances and some film moments on my Instagram. Um, but usually it's my stories that I have, uh, that I get a little silly and ridiculous. I believe there's a couple of stories that are saved dealing with Corona that, may or may not be somewhat entertaining for people <laughs> also on you on on youtube you can look up uh the chris moss show on youtube and uh there will be some sketches and some fun stuff on there um i've, I've kept my stand-up comedy somewhat limited uh just from there's so many thieves out there man that, that take uh that, that steal jokes especially of course especially comedians that Comedians that are that get national exposure, get on TV, man, they'll they'll chomp up, <laughs> they'll chomp up bits, man. They'll take them. Well, it's like and, it's uh, like it's like Joe, like when Joe Rogan was talking about Carlos Mencia, yeah, Carlos Mencia. Apparently, he's infamous for doing that. Uh, you know, oh, according dude. to George uh, to to Joe Rogan. Oh my God, man! So, like, uh, totally agreed. Uh, I remember my first experience doing stand up in Los Angeles. I came out. I think I did, I think it was a club. It could have been the Ha Ha fucking cafe or it could have been, it could have been the Ha Ha cafe right before it kind of became a, a bigger deal. Um, and, and I got on and there was these two guys running the show and I went up on stage and I did, my first bit was playing two, doing two impressions and I'm talking to, I'm doing two different celebrity characters talking back and forth to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And I got a, got a big fucking laugh. Audience loved it. Uh, it was a successful set. I go, hey, man, that was the jam. Sweet. I go, I feel good. They go, hey, man, that was hilarious, bro. Great work. We, we, we'll have you come back. Yeah, for sure. We, we dug it. We dug it. Now, I just moved to L.A. I had nothing to do. So the very next day, I decided to go back to that same little club. You know, maybe I'll get on for a guest spot or something because, I, you know, I did, I did well. I thought I'd be in favor. I, it couldn't have been a... It was like so cliche. It was like a movie. I walk in to my bit. I walk oh, wow. in and I hear my bit on stage. 
those two dudes were doing the two characters as a duo. Wow. My bit that I had just fucking done. Wow. Man, and at this time, this is like early 20s, and I was, uh, you know, I, like I said, I kind of come from a, a crowd of, of guys that would, you know, get into fights every weekend and stuff. And, and oh, so you were like, itching. You were itching. You were itching for I, to get somebody. I, I, I was... I was feeling a little fuggy. I was like, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm feeling a little fug like here. I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do here. This is kind of weird. So they came up the stage and I was like, Hey, what's up? I said, what's up, motherfucker? Cause like, Oh, hey, Chris. And I was like, I, I just dug right into it. I had no cooth. I had no reputation at the time. I had no idea. So you just didn't I care. Didn't, You're like, I don't care. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I would do things much differently now. Mm-hmm. Um, in a and diplomatic much, way. Much more, much more diplomatic, much more mature. But at the time, you know, I'm in my early 20s. You know, there's a couple of drinks there. And I'm like, fuck this. You guys about to say, like, I go, what the fuck was that, bro? And, and they're like, oh, no, no, no. We just, um, he goes, he goes, we just, uh, we were just, uh, and I go, I go, that's my fucking bit. It was, oh, no, 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 no. We, we just, um, no, no, we were just inspired by, by that bit. And oh, whatever, dude. I go, I go, I go, I go, you just did, you go, I go, that was like verbatim my fucking bit. I go, bro, you're lucky I don't fucking, I don't knock you both fucking out right, right where you stand. And they were looking at me like, like, what? You know, because they weren't expecting a, a quote unquote physical threat. I go, I go, I should knock both of you out right fucking now. I was like, if I ever fucking see you guys do that shit again, I will walk up on stage and I will fucking cold clock you. You understand me? And I was kind of bluffing a little bit too, because I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but I was yeah. just trying to like, I was, I was trying to set a precedence there. You're like, using the intimidation like, factor. Like, I'm of, don't guy. mess with my stuff. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a tough guy. You know, don't fuck with me. <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen, I, I, you know, I mean, you know, you do like, you do look like a very intimidating force. You know, I mean, especially if you bump, but, but I'm not scare me. Yeah, you know, which, I would be scared. Which is, <laughs> which is funny because it's not true at all. I'm like, I'm like this little nerd that's like imprisoned in this, in this cut flesh rip. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I mean, there's a dawn of prison and I uh, take it out. Oh, 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 poor you. My, my heart bleeds. It really bleeds right now. No, I'm so, I'm so full of shit, dude. Like I, uh, I love sparring, you know, and, and I'm very competitive. Uh, in sparring and like, hey, so do I. I was in MMA myself, so I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. I love it. But but when you when you're talking out in the street, man, there's I do not want to bare knuckle with anybody, dude. I'm yeah. I'm uh I'm I'm mostly scared for my teeth. And that's always what for some reason that's always on my mind. If somebody starts talking shit like at a bar or there feels like this could be a fight that happens, I'm like, oh my god, my teeth. Like. <laughs> like, like, I, like what, what happens if a tooth gets knocked out? I, I don't have insurance for this, you know. Like you're like you're like, you're like all, right, have... all right. If we're gonna do this, just from the neck below, okay? That's about as far as we. Can. No, yeah, for real. Like, like you want to get dirty with me? How about we? Can we wrestle? Can we just wrestle? Like, I, I, I just, I, I got my nose is my nose is hefty. I, I don't. I'm, I'm afraid to have the nose. Grappling moves only. Grappling moves only. Team. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can grapple with light punches to the to the liver, but that's it. Like you know, it's like only the shoulder. Yeah, you know, how about how about we just do a punch off? How about we just punch each other's shoulders and see which one you know goes down first from just from just from the uh, shoulder. Dude, my <laughs> my, my friends used arm. to be so crazy, man. My friends were crazy, man. Uh, my friends would get into fights every weekend in Colorado. I, I was shocked when I came out to L.A that there weren't fights. 
was in Colorado. I was in Colorado Springs. And it's a military town and religious town by reputation. Um, but I mean, we had like, we had a, we had some serious gang, uh, shit go down in that city when I was growing up. Well, Chris, that's uh, because people were, that's, people were getting shot and stabbed. Well, Chris, that's because, that's because out here, everybody's worried about the same thing you are. They're worried about their teeth. So I mean, it's might be right. completely different, you know, thing out here. They're like, you know, unless you go down to the hood. You know, Hollywood people, people that are out here, actors and stuff like that, they're mostly worried about how yeah. their face is going to look. And it's like, um, yeah, I got to right. have a camera soon. Um, maybe this fighting thing yeah. is such a good idea. Man, I, I will fuck you up. I will exactly. fuck you up. Exactly. You are so lucky that I have an audition tomorrow with yeah. call back for yeah. fucking CSI. So I'm going to walk away. <laughs> if it wasn't for that fucking call back, man, straight to producers. Yep. You'd be toast, bro. You'd be toast, bro. Okay. Do you even lift, bro? Yeah. Exactly. That's right. I lift. That's right. That's why I got the audition tomorrow. That's right. It's. It, yeah, yeah, I'm, telling yeah. you, I'm telling you, man. It's. Um. It's. It's definitely a different world out here. Unless, but again, you know, just don't go to to the hood because then, you know, changes in the hood well, a little bit over there. No, it's the same. No, it's the same in the hood, bro. It's the same in the hood. They'd be like, yo, motherfucker, what's up? What's up? You lucky I don't got to. You lucky because Tyler Perry be looking at me tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going in for it. <laughs> like, really? Lee, what? really? Well, hey, man. You might be right because, you know, you might be right because, you know, if you go to East L.A., you know, East L.A. will be like, Orale, vato, you know what? You're lucky. You're lucky. I got a, I got an audition over there, you know, with George Lopez tomorrow. I say, you know, otherwise, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you'd, be, you'd be so messed up, Holmes. It's not even funny, Holmes. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Absolutely right. So bad. But no, man, but you know what, dude? I mean, it's, it's awesome to see you have a lot of things go in the works. Um, I know that you're directing as well. Uh, it's, you know, I've seen you do some directing and you do a great job with that as well. Uh, you're writing, you, you know, your writing, uh, you know, is, is on point because I mean, some of your improv stuff is amazing. I honestly look forward to seeing a lot of your stuff come out. Um, I'm sure. And, and I'm positive that it will. I'm already seeing some of your stuff come out. Um, so, you know, like, hopefully yeah, man, I got, a, I got a couple of, I got a couple of films, um, Coming out. What do you got going uh, on? What do you got coming out? Well, it's uh, one movie's called uh, The Switch Up, and I'm I'm playing I'm playing a prick millionaire who's got a twin brother who who kind of like left the family, uh, who's homeless, and they have to do a little. There's some kids that are, you know, coming. They're 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 uh, orphan kids, and the millionaire guy doesn't want to take care of them, so he switches out with the brother. Basically, you know, it's like life lessons learned, and people find happiness and joy. In uh, it's, almost like, it's almost like the it's almost like the Prince and the Popper, only mixed with uh, Man in the Iron Mask ish. <laughs> in a there's, sense. These, these elements, there's these elements. It's a comedy. It's a lighthearted family comedy, um, which is which is interesting for me to do. Uh, and and then there's another uh, film called The Sunnyfield Kids, and in that actually I play. It's also kind of a, it's like a kid's thriller. You play Michael Stansberry, you know? right? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And how and, was that um, character like for you? Oh, my God, bro. So, uh, so this character is like an acting coach, a stringent acting coach who loses his mind um, uh, while all these kids are there doing his camp, and he, like, loses it. 
kind of like Jack Nicholson in the shining oh, nice. uh, level of losing it. And man, I'll tell you at the time, bro, Oh, I was in this toxic relationship uh, at the time that I should have never been in. Um, you know, no judgment on anybody. I just should not have been in the relationship. And I became somebody uh, that I didn't want to be within that relationship. So I was locked into this weird existence for myself. And at the time, uh, the person that I was in the relationship with had made some, some naughty moves, had been doing some things that weren't on the level. And I was discovering these things that weren't on the level while on set, right? So like as soon as I show up first day on fucking set, and I got to do this movie all the way through. And all of a sudden, I'm heartbroken, man. I am, I am like, I am destroyed. Because I was like, oh, this is something I convinced myself that I was going to be uh, perhaps going towards marriage, perhaps some sort of like, you know, soulful union. And I was incorrect. And when you discover you're incorrect about, about something that you're taking very serious, man, that can be a fucking blow. So I was like, I was spending time like all by myself in bedrooms at this house that we were filming in, just like in fucking utter pain, just in utter emotional suffrage. And, <laughs> like, you, had to put, and you had to push like, through like a hippo in labor. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, like a hippo in labor, exactly. Uh, <laughs> hippo giving, giving, giving triplets um, <laughs> at the same time, coming out at the same time. So then all, all these people on set thought that I was just this like, this like really intense method, you know, like this method actor, uh, like very intense, take it very serious guy. But really I was just in like a, so much fucking pain that I couldn't, I couldn't be a joy on set. Like I usually am. Ah. And, uh, I, I explained it at the end and, and, you know, finally started connecting with people at the end of this, of the shoot. But, but during the shoot, there's some moment where my character loses it and it goes fucking goes nutty and is like screaming and crying and like that would be you actually you, letting go like for real letting go uh, yeah yeah no that was all real man that was like all real emotion wow and uh i i, I don't know if it's going to make the cut because it might be too much but i'm i really would like to to see it because if you see it you go oh man this guy wow he really went deep i was like oh well, yeah they're like wow he took method acting to a whole new level <laughs> Yeah, I, I borrowed a little bit from what was happening at the time, but um, you know, it, as most things, in the wake of destruction, oftentimes beauty is left, and uh, and even a stronger sense of self. And I was I reborn after that, and um, and really were able to find my my true priorities and uh, my boundaries and like who I am and 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 what I expect from myself and what I, what I seek, you know, and, um, I, I learned so much from those experiences that I'm, I'm, I can't be anything but glad to have gone through them. Um, so the, any which way, those, those two, uh, those two projects will be coming out. There's a third film that I actually wrote and produced. Um, that's a thriller. It's a psychological thriller, uh, called click. It's going to be it's going to be coming out as hashtag click. We're going to have the hashtag in front of it. And you it's play the about, character. Uh, you play the character Curtis Long. I do. I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that character, that character is a actually he's playing kind of the Weinstein type of guy mm-hmm. in the film. He kind of represents that. And there's a few positions of power like that. And and it is, you know, it touches base with the dark 
web, the deep web, uh, human trafficking, um, our, our insatiable need for entertainment via social media. A serial killer basically is stalking social media starlets and up-and-coming actresses um, and, and putting them on the dark web or putting his murders on the dark web. Wow. FBI is trying to figure out. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's a pretty interesting piece. Um, FBI is trying to figure out, you know, uh, the deeper source, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the string pullers, the puppeteers, and the local police are trying to find just the killer himself. So there's like a dynamic of who knows what, who's sharing what, and who's on whose team. And then there's a few twists and turns towards the end. And it's a, it's a fun, exciting ride. I would have preferred for it to have been a, a series, but I stuffed it all into an hour and 45 minutes. And yeah, you never um, know. You never know. They, they could, you know, it, you know, it gets full attention. You might be able to put it into a series because sometimes that happens with a lot of films too. True, true. I mean, it's shot beautifully. We had the cinematographer of the year, European cinematographer of the year, uh, man up on camera. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a, it, it looks beautiful. The actors did a sensational job, a, a huge ensemble, like 30 actors in it. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was so much fun to do, and, and, and that's, in, that's in post-production right now. So, so technically, i got three films that, are, that it should be popping by the end of this year, and then I'll be traveling to South Africa to do a few more. And, um, and, and yeah, it's, it's, finally, it's finally coming to fruition for me, and um, all I can do is... is uh, Enjoy the ride and just make sure that I that I give. As soon as I'm in a position of, of power, as soon as I'm in a position of influence, that I just make sure that I do the right things and um, and represent who I want to be in this world and contribute and uh, and give back and give opportunities to others and um, you know and be be a, be a, be one of the good guys if if I can. It's a balance, but you know if I can. So far, it seems, guy, so. so far, it seems like you're accomplishing that. Chris Moss, thank you oh. so much. Thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect, man. I appreciate your time. And I hope to definitely have you on the show again to do some follow-ups and go deeper into a lot of the other uh, projects that you were part of. Absolutely, bro. We'll, we'll get into the uh, – we, we covered so much uh, of the history and the origin – and we'll just uh, we'll just party next time, and we'll have a, we'll have fun. We'll talk about a bunch of other shit. Sounds fa- Sounds fantastic, man. I hope to see you next time, and be safe out there. Xander, thank you, brother. All right, talk to you, you soon. Bye. Thank you so much, Chris Moss, for being on the Xander Effect. I appreciate your time. In sports. The International Olympic Committee has decided to postpone the Olympic Games amid the uh, current outbreak of the coronavirus, and they are postponing the Games until 2021, until the summer of 2021. So no Olympic Games this year, as many other uh, sports events have also been canceled or postponed as well. Uh, Many sports seasons have been postponed and canceled as well during this crisis that is affecting everybody worldwide uh basically the olympic uh the olympic uh committee 
the International Com- uh, Olympic Committee uh, went on USA Today, uh, a committee member Dick Pound, and basically told USA Today, quote, on the basis of the information the IOC has, postponement has been decided. The parameters going forward have not been determined, but the games are not going to start on July 24, 24th. That much I know. So it's very unfortunate, too, because the Olympic Games has a lot of uh, new uh, sports that they were going to integrate in these games. But unfortunately, that's going to have to wait until next year. Uh, and of course, you know, it's just for the safety of the athletes and the uh, the fans that want to go ahead and watch these games. It's, it's a tough situation, and it, it took them a while to come to this decision because many people were criticizing the Olympic the International Olympic Committee in wondering why they hadn't uh, postponed or canceled the Olympics because of the crisis that's going on right now. Many countries have uh, have uh, basically pulled a lot of their teams out of the Olympics, uh, you know, for their own safety. So I'm, I'm sure that that had also a lot to do with the decision that the Olympics, uh, the Olympic Committee decided to make due to this current situation. Up next, I have in video game news, a new Pokemon character comes back so you might want to go ahead and stick around for that but first here is Bobby Bebop and Quest Cross losing my religion right here on the Xander Effect
That was Bobby Bebop and Quest Cross losing my religion right here on the Xander Effect. In video game news, Pokemon Go is bringing back Lugia. And it comes back tomorrow, actually. So far, Cobalion has left Pokemon Go, but the legendary Lugia will be returning in its place. And basically, what it's, what's going on is that Lugia will be coming back at around this time and it'll come with a special move. It'll actually know a special move, but the only way you can encounter Lugia is by joining five-star raids until 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern time on March 31st. At the same time that Landoros is set to make its debut on Pokemon Go. So... Basically, you'll be you'll be getting him, and you'll also be checking out the new Landros uh, during in these in these raid areas. So make sure you watch out for that. That should be pretty cool to check out. But make sure that you do practice social distancing while you are battling other Pokemon Go users, because it's again, you know, this time is it's it's for safety reasons. But still, you know, still go out, still take a walk, still take a hike, enjoy, you know, wherever you are. If it's a beautiful day, enjoy the sun rays, enjoy the day. Make sure that you enjoy yourselves during this these really hard times, during this crisis. Again, don't forget to start the hashtag AW movement to go ahead and applaud all the workers that are out there risking their health and the health of their families to just to make sure that we have that they provide us with awesome service. That's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much for joining me on the Xander Effect. And remember, music always, always heals all. We'll see you guys next time. Live it up. Be Taylor. Flow Rider. Live it up. The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc. BMG and Sony Music The Orchard in association with Art19 Media.